Okay, thanks for everyone to, for tuning in to this Choir Nerd podcast. Uh, my name is Mark David Obenza, and I'm your host. Today I'm speaking with composer and choral director Benedict Sheehan. Now, correct me, did I? how's that last name going? You, you don't need to pronounce the, the, the H, just she, Sheehan. Sheehan. Yep, you got yeah, it. I, sh- I should have I gotten this uh, I, taken I, care I, of beforehand. My apologies. That's fine. I think they do pronounce the H where my where where the name is from in 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 Ireland but I don't. Okay, all right. Very good. Um about about his new work Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. How's that one going? That's great. Okay. Yeah. And uh Mark Powell, uh, the executive director of Capella Romana, a Portland-based vocal ensemble that performs sacred music from the Christian traditions of East and West. Uh, Benedict, Mark, thanks for being on the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you. For those of you listening, feel free to throw in a comment or question, and we'll try to uh, respond to them as we as we see those come up. And uh, for you, Mark and, and Benedict, there is a public and host chat, um, I think, on the right yeah. side somewhere, where hopefully they'll all funnel through. We got it. I saw it. Uh, so today we'll be talking about Benedict, your new release of a setting of the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, which is available on Capella Records, which Mark will tell us more about later. Um, there was a brief preview of the music if you caught it earlier today, um, but we will share with you, assuming things don't break, in a few minutes. So you'll get a little flavor of what's on that disc. Um, I've included a link to it uh, in the comments, um, so hope you'll have a look at that and you can peruse and browse the the music and and buy it for yourself um benedict why don't why don't we go around and sort of talk about it ourselves benedict why don't you go first why don't you tell us a little about uh, a little bit about yourself sure yeah i'd be glad to uh and but before i do i just i will i i, I would like to uh announce to your audience that i do speak with a with a stutter and I, uh, I explained to everybody that's this thing I, I do, de- 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 I do deliberately to get attention. Um, it seems to, it seems to be very effective. So I, I've never stopped. Um, no, it's not deliberate, of course, but I, <laughs> I do, and so it's not your imagination, and I will continue to do it whether you want me to or, or, or not. So if it takes me a particularly long time to say a thing, you can go take a break and have a cup of coffee. It'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, about me. I am uh, a composer, as you said, and a conductor. I live and work at St. at 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 Saint at at Saint at at Saint Tikhon's, uh, monastery and seminary in 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 northeastern Pennsylvania, um, where I am the artistic director of the Saint Tikhon Choir, among among other things. I teach at the seminary. I I've been a church choir director at, in the mon- monastery ch- 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 church. I've been at St. Tikhon's for the last 10, ten, ten years in more or less the job I have now. And um, I've been a church choir director in the Orthodox ch- ch- church, which is, it's, it's, so I speak of the Orthodox ch- ch- church, it's the Eastern 
it's the, it's the Eastern Orthodox Church, like Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox. Um, uh, I've been a church choir director in the Orthodox tradition since I was 15. Uh, I, I think, I'm not sure who thought it was a good idea to make me a church choir director as a 15 year old, but it, uh, I, I'm not sure it was helpful to them at that time, but it was certainly helpful to, to me because um, it got me started on the path I now uh, am continuing on. Um, I'm married. I have seven daughters. No, that I did not misspeak. I have seven daughters. Um, and they range in age from 19 to three. Uh, and in fact, my, my, my 19 year old is currently a music student now at Portland State at Portland State University out there uh, in your neck of the woods. And she's continuing the family legacy of doing doing music, of doing choral music. Great. Yeah, that is a, that's quite a thing that church choir directing does. It, it also set me down uh, quite a path I did not foresee. It just yeah. has a way of doing that, um, especially as a, it, it's such a great place to kind of discover new music and um, to kind of figure out, you know, kind of how to, how to how to get singers together to do stuff. Uh, uh, that's great. M Mark Powell, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Mark David. Uh, I'm Mark Powell. I'm the executive director of Capella Romana. I'm also a singer, and actually, I'm one of the singers on the uh, Sheehan Liturgy release. Oh, I, didn't know you so I had the that. great pleasure of um, singing on that project as well. Um, I'm trained as a singer and as a musicologist. Um, I've been the executive director of Capella Romana since uh, 2001, so I've had a long history with them. And actually this fall, I celebrate 25 years with Capella Romana as uh, first as a singer and then later as both a singer and administrator. And I live in Portland, Oregon. Great, great. So today we're talking about Benedict's, your new, your new work, which was just released. Uh, it's a setting of the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. Uh, some of you may have, may have heard a little bit of the beginning, but we'll play a little bit in a few minutes. But uh, Benedict, you want to tell us a little bit about the choir that's singing your music on this disc? Yeah, sure. Uh, in 2015, the, 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 the abbot of St. Tikhon's monastery and I put our heads together and with the thought that we need to form a professional ensemble under the auspices of St. Tikhon's monastery that can do, that can do bigger works than a church choir would be able to do and uh, you know acquire to make to make recordings and to help kind of push the Orthodox tradition full, full forward in America in the 21st century in the English language you know so these are all this is all kind of new territory relative to, to the speaking for for Orthodox church music I, it's not brand new I mean it's, there's been Orthodoxy has been in America for some time, but it's only relatively recently that we generally are singing music and, and serving our services in English. 
all across the board. So we created this choir in 2015 as a kind of a way to, to help to move the ball forward a bit and to try to, to reach a new artistic level for this, for, 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 for an Orthodox institution in, in America. Um, better answer that. Um, and uh, it's, um, so I, I believe that we are the first, I believe that we're the first pro buyer uh, un, uh, connected with an, uh, with an Orthodox monastery in America. So we're, 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 we're breaking new ground in that regard. Um, and the and, and the singers come from all over. They come from all over the, the, the country. There's actually, I think, a few from Canada. Um, and uh, there, there. So about half the group, I would say, have some connection to the Orthodox Church, and about half the group, it, you know, this might have been their first project. Um, that involved an Orthodox institution in some way. Um, and um, uh, so a number of them are people that are either former students of mine from the seminary or colleagues of mine in the church. A good proportion of them come from New York or from the New York area. Um, and then, you know, people from all over the country. There's actually, I think, Mark, you can tell me if I'm wrong, for four or five singers from Capella Romana. Uh, and um, yeah, they're, they're, it, they're, but they're brought to together by a love for beautiful choral singing. Um, and, you know, a lot of these people in the group are the best at what they do. And, and so it's really, an, it's really a privilege for, for me to be able to work with them and to be able to, to ha and to be able to, in, to invite them to sing my music, it's pretty. It's a pretty great experience to stand in front of a choir like that and get a sound like they make. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's great. The the uh, it always feels like you you guys have your you have your act together. I mean, the the being able to pull singers from all over the place and a Capella Romana, you've done a ton of work. Uh, outside the u.s and inside just feels like uh i don't know where these well to put it bluntly how you get the resource to do that stuff i mean that's just that's just what a luxury to be able to pick and choose people fly in people from all around the world uh i don't think there's anything like that in like the western christian tradition at least in the u.s that i that i'm aware of oh there is you just have to look around around i mean Hmm. A, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the choirs. I guess I mean, maybe in meaning, in meaning connected to a church. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I know plenty of churches in New York that that draw from a pre pretty from a pretty stellar pool pool of singers, but most of them are have to be basically they have to be from from New York. But I'm sure there's some that fly people. I mean, it's like not like we fly people in. For every service or any or anything near that, it's based. It's it's a project based, and so you know we we plan a big pro project, and we, we and we plan it 
you know, 12, 12, 12 months in advance and bring people in and fund, fundraise for that specifically. So it's not like it's a thing we're doing all the time. So this is, a, this is what we would call Slavic Orthodox choral music. Um, you, Mark Powell, you want to say a little bit about that and, and the, that sort of tradition in America? Sure. I, I, I think I need to ask you to un, unmute. Oh, there we go. Yes. Sorry. No, no, I, that's muted good. Myself, I muted myself and you have to un, un, <laughs> Well, I was hearing you coming through, you're, so I was maybe yeah, like, yeah, a, anyway. Very good. <laughs> so as Benedict said, you know, there's a, there is a, a, a growing tradition of singing services in English in the Orthodox Church these days. And there have been a number of um, settings, not just from the Slavic side, but also from the Greek American side. In fact, there was a, a setting of the liturgy in English composed um, in full um, back in the 1960s uh, by Peter Michelides. Uh, and there have been others since then. So there, there have been these, and, and, and that's on a, a Capella Romana recording, by the way. Um, but yeah, there's there's this tradition of of um, singing in the vernacular. Now, of course, in among the Slavs, the vernacular uh, is is Church Slavonic, which is no longer an active language. Uh, but at one time, it 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 it, uh, it was so. Um, just as Latin would would have been comprehensible um, in ancient Rome uh, in the early Christian period, uh, it it eventually evolved into a purely liturgical language. Um, but the goal is to sing things in the, in the language that the people understand. And, and uh, so that's, th this new work is a, a reflection of that principle. Did you want to add to that, Benedict? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the 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 churches that I'm or the church I'm in and then have been connected to and grown up in is called is called is called the Orthodox Church in America or the or the OSBA, um, and that 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 has its roots in the Slavic tradition and 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 was and was granted itself government by the Patriarchate of Moscow in 1970. Um, so we're actually celebrating the 50th anniversary right right now of the of the creation of the of the OCDA. Um, and basically every church that I've been in since my child childhood has sung has sung in English. So for, for me it's kind of that's the natural that's the, 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 the natural way that church is done. But as I've gotten older and broadened my experience, you know, I, I can see that that's actually not been the norm for a very long time. Um, so, but what it, it means in part is that a lot of the music that you sing in church is music from, from the, from the, from the Russian tradition and has the name of a Russian composer attached to it and was therefore composed for for, for church 
is phonic. So we're dealing with the fact that the vast majority of the music that we sing is not composed for English. Um, mm -hmm. There's and and there's there's still not a lot of that. I mean, some there there are more comp composers now. So my interest for some time has been to basically try to imagine what what to imagine what this Russian music would sound like if if these composers had composed for English. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's kind of like the idea of, of trying to tr trying to tr translate that sound. But then you add to it the fact that I, I'm not Russian, nor do I pretend to be. Um, and, I and I also have a lot of other sounds in my ear and a lot of other sounds that I think are kind of are part of my experience. You know, I, I've got an Irish last name. I love, I, I love folk music. I love... The music of 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 I know of, 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 of Protestant hymnody and high church Anglican music and and um, so all that's in my ear and in my experience and I think in the experience of the people who are listening. So it's not always it's not only translating the sound of this of this music of the Russian church, but also translating it into our experience today. And so that's what I try to do as a composer, is this idea of, of translating a tradition. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think now is a good time for people who are with us to listen to a little bit more of your album. Uh, this yep. is, I'm just gonna push this on the stage and I'll keep you guys up there, but this is Holy God. Um, from your disc, uh, let's see. And I'm gonna mute you guys and play this snippet here.
so uh, I was listening to to your stuff earlier, um, Benedict, and it just well that piece has an, has such a uh, very familiar kind of somber, penitential, slow moving mood that you might find in you know Rachmaninoff or even or even Taverner, uh, just kind of minimalist, kind of um, and there's always low bases. Those low bases to be had in this kind of music. Um, is that, you know, do you go for, when you're writing this stuff, do you go for kind of that aesthetic or, or you know, is that something that you just, you, do you consciously reach for these um, kind of other flavors of, of Tavern and Rachmaninoff or does it just sort of come out unconsciously, so to speak? I, I, I think, well, it's hard it's hard to say what's conscious and what's not. I, I think certainly some of these things do come out unconsciously. I mean, it's all, it's all in my ear and in my experience. As far as the bottom end, um, interestingly in, in, enough, uh, when this piece was commissioned, uh, it, it was commissioned by the Patrom Institute, um, which, has their, which has their own choir, the Patrom Institute Singers and the Patrom Institute Male Choir. Um, uh, so when this piece was commissioned, they, they actually stipulated in the, in the contract that it would include a lot of low bass parts. Wow. Um, so, so actually that, that was part of the deal. So I, I I wrote I wrote some really low parts in order to fulfill the terms. Um, oh, so did they stipulate like what notes specifically? No, they didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> it was basically I I knew what they meant. Um, so uh, so that's that that's actually part of why I I really like bring out the bottom end in a lot of these movements. But it's not like it wasn't a thing I already would have been interested to do. So. It, um, I, I love, I mean, I think that's kind of part of the the sound of Russian music is that it's like, uh, is, is that there, there's really like, there, 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 there's a, there's a tradition of using what, what, what are, what are called octave, what are called, what, 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 what are called octave vests, um, which is basically a basses that sing an octave below the bass part. Hmm. So it's kind of like having a contrabass in an orchestra. Um, and um, I, I, this is probably a relatively old tradition. I mean, it's something that you can hear, hear in Byzantine music too, too, where they have a, a drone underneath and then it might be that they'll they'll actually double the drone down the octave, and it just it, it creates a much kind of richer and and thicker and um, stronger sound. So I really love that sound. I think it's kind of inherent to a lot of the music we do. Um, and I have I happen to know a number of people that can actually sing these sing these notes, and so. I brought them in, and we had four. We had four low basses that are singing like an octave below what you would expect a normal bass to do. Um, um, yeah. But in terms of this movement in particular, I mean, it's yeah. I I, I like this movement for its for for its kind of simple. 
simplicity. My 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 image of this movement was kind of like a was kind of like a like a was kind of to be be like a round kind of in the style of William Billings was kind of that 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 mm. that was what I had in my, my ear at the time. Um, and uh, it's really only basically two chords, kind of, kind of oscillating between a G sharp minor chord and a D sharp minor chord, um, with with all the notes in between. In, in, in between, but it kind of has this kind of one five rocking movement mm -hmm. that I think helps to create that atmosphere. Yeah. Well, it's it's beautiful. Um, there is there is something about having some low bases down there. It does open up like a Pretty another great. dimension. It's very transporting. The you can't you know the low bases are not like sopranos in that there are you know they're pretty rare. Very low bases are rare. They are. And so you really have to you know until genetic engineering comes around, we have to <laughs> really just mine for them wherever they yes, may be. So, who, um, you know, Mark Powell, your your work with uh, Capella Romana, you know, it kind of sits in this, you know, you're not officially part of a church, um, but you, you really do focus on sacred music and on the Byzantine chant stuff and, and this kind of music, um, Eastern music. How, how, who is coming to performances of this um are people coming to hear this music for its religious uh aspect for its religious um content or or um something else sure i mean this is a question that all of us in this space uh you know talk, talk about um anyone who's performing sacred music whether it's from the latin tradition or the um Protestant or, or Eastern Orthodox tradition, um, there are, of course, audience members who come to hear Capella Romana because this music is an expression of their own uh, religious practice and identity. Um, but we find that actually the vast majority are, um, are coming because they're curious about world culture and they're interested in knowing about their world and, and their place in it. So it's, it's kind of a um, humanities or a, a kind of history-based um, interest. And, and also, of course, we have people who would definitely fit into this podcast. I mean, there are choir nerds out there who want to consume and know about every kind of choral music there is. So there's, mm -hmm. there's that uh, side of it, too. Um, but I think it, it, it's really driven by a curiosity um, about cultures that are other than our own. Um, and also to know that these cultures have expression um, here in, in our American context, as Benedict talked about earlier, um, mm -hmm. music in English, music that's adapted uh, uh, with English text or new compositions. Of course, Capella Romana has championed a number of um, new compositions in, in English. And um, uh, so there's, you know, there's, a, there's a wide variety of people and I suppose I'd get a different story depending on uh, any patron who would come to hear us, uh, you know, why that person is is there. 
Yeah. I mean, I think about this all the time too with with the group that I direct, the Bird Ensemble, which has mostly sort of the Western flavor of um, old sacred music. And uh, there's something about the sound of this stuff, I think, that's really compelling. Uh, yeah. You know, you've heard the, you've heard parts of the mass sung, you know, a million times. Um, but, you know, it's the sound, I think, the sound world, I think that's very enticing to people. Um, yeah, it has a sort of mystery to it. So, Mark, this stuff is released under Capella Records. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What Capella Records is, and and uh, when did that? Actually, this is my first time hearing about it, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, we're in the process of of you know rebranding our recording label from Capella Romana to Capella Records, mm. um, and uh, the reason for that is that. Uh, We've had actually um, already one small ensemble that was not Capella Romana that we uh, signed to our label, and now um, now St. Tekin's Choir is is a new ensemble. There are a number of others that are um, kind of in the in the hopper uh, in the process, and so um, it is Capella Records. Um, it is part of Capella Romana as an organization. Um, Capella Romana obviously gives concerts and tours around the country and around the world. Um, we focus on uh, scholarly and, and research projects, and then we have a recording label. So those are the three main areas of our, of our work. And with COVID, um, we had to pivot very strongly to focus on the recording label since um, it doesn't require people to be <laughs> coming to live concerts. Mm. Uh, and uh, actually right now, in, in about a week, uh, Capella Romana will be entering into a, a bubble. We're testing all the singers and uh, recording some music for future uh, release. We'll do a big project like that if everything goes well um, to record up to three uh, new, new recordings in, uh, in, the, in the spring. So um, God willing, that'll all happen. And so Capella Records is, is, a, is the record label expression of our mission to explore the music of the Christian East and West. Great. It was just called Capella Romana before? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well. Yeah. And, and we've, you know, our, our records are distributed through, through Noxos. And so we, you know, we have a wide... Um, a wide reach, and actually, we're working on um, securing our European distribution here shortly. So that's uh, that's a new development for us too. So, what? One more question, Mark. Why get into the recording business? <laughs> that's a very good question. As someone who also has his own label, I <laughs> respect. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it, it really is to serve. It is really to serve. I mean, we're not in this to make much money. It's, uh, just to keep the doors open, but we really want to serve the public. And I, and, and that's certainly the case with St. Deacon's choir too, and Benedict's work. Great. So, Benedict, what's next for you? Do you, are you, are you, have, do you have any other, uh, pieces in the making, yeah. uh, uh, projects? ahead uh, in the future yeah I, I do um, have a lot of things actually that I'm 
that that I'm working on. Um, I did a project last year with uh, a group in the Boston an area called 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 um called called Skylark, um, and they 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 released a recording in February called. Once upon a time, that uh, I wrote, I wrote m m music for. I I I wrote what's called a story score, where I actually I wrote I I I wrote a, a choral score to be sung under a narrator telling a story hmm. that connects then key set pieces of music together that that um that punctuate this this story so the piece i wrote for skylark for for that for that for that recording uh was to connect pieces by by, by other composers together but just this past summer i completed a commission for 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 them to write the whole pro 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 program which um is based on 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 dickens christmas carry carol um and that i hope i i've just uh i've just got word that it may uh it it may be recorded as soon as this as soon as this as this summer so that'll i hope be 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 out at some point next year um i'm currently about three quarters of the way done with um vespers which is kind of the follow up to the liturgy and is a large a large scale kind of concert scale spending of vespers um and i'm about halfway done with an with yet another setting of the liturgy uh with yet another setting of the liturgy commissioned by a by a church in in kentucky um and that will be recorded by their church choir, and, and I'll be involved some in the recording pro, 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 process. Uh, so I'm doing that. I have a, some a set of songs for 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 for, for a soprano in the in the DCT area that I'm going to be starting on in um, in so probably in February. February. And I'm also starting on a very large scale commission for chorus, for chorus and for chorus and orchestra. Um, I'll be starting on that in January. So I have a Great. lot to do. <laughs> yeah, That's about two years, I think. Daniel commented, "Vespers, all night vigil in the making." Ah, uh, yes. Well, <laughs> I decided to to just go with Vespers. But I'm going to set more of it than Rachmaninoff did, so it'll probably be about the same. It, 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 it'll probably be about the same length as Rachmaninoff. Um, right. Actually, be a little bit longer, because because the, the All Night Vigil actually combines 
It combines Vespers and Matins, um, mm. which is how it would take all night if you actually set everything to music. And Rachmaninoff certainly did, didn't. If you set everything to music, it would, it could theoretically go all night. But um, mm. I'm not going to go all, 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 all night. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Benedict, uh, thank you for sharing your work um, with us. And I pinned a link in the comments uh, to to those that want to own the music for their enjoyment. And I hope you'll hope you'll have a listen. It's it's really great stuff. And um, look forward to hearing more of your work. And uh, Mark Powell, thanks for joining us too. It's always great to see your Portland face. And hope you all are well. Uh, Capella Romana, shout out. Hope you all are healthy and uninfected. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who's been reported back has has tested negative, so we're we're in good shape. Oh, yeah. so far. Oh yeah, yeah. That's good. We're we're we have got our own quarantine bubble here in California uh, on this sort of workcation and um, discovered the less invasive version of the COVID test, which was very exciting. It was a well, joy. Good. It was a joy, really. So. Um, well, very good. Well, until next time, fellas, thank you so much for um, sharing your time with us. Pleasure. Thank you. All right.